Hello, welcome to the I Want to Meet Nikola Tesla podcast, episode 21. Today I have a very special guest, Cody. Thank you so much for finding some time to come on and speak with me today. How are you doing? I'm doing well, man. It's great to be here. Thanks for the interview. Awesome. So uh, I want to talk to you about something I'm really passionate about. I've been talking to a lot of people with, and that is the carnivore diet. So would you like to tell me your story with the carnivore diet right from the beginning, how you found out about it and up, up until where you are right now with it? Yeah. So it all started, I was really overweight and I had a very young son who is reaching the point to where he can run around the house and I just didn't have the energy to get up and chase him around and play with him. Like I, I knew that I should. So I started hearing about the keto diet originally. So I adopted that and through keto about probably less than a year in, I decided that I wanted to take it to the next level because I really just wasn't getting all of the aspects that I was looking for. I suffered from a lot of like autoimmune conditions, a lot of digestive distress. The weight came off a little bit but not to the point to where I wanted it. And the carnivore diet was just something that I just kept hearing more and more about and really self-research from hearing about it, how negative plant, plant toxins and everything can really mess you up, especially if you're dealing with the type of distress and stuff that I was dealing with. So I just adapted the carnivore lifestyle. And now it's been about two years on it Wow. That's, uh, that's it. That, you're actually someone that's been uh, on the diet for, uh, for longer than usual. I've been on it for about a year and I, I consider myself an early adopter. So whenever I hear someone that's been for two years or more, I feel like, uh, you, you've been doing it for a long time because, uh, it's only about a year ago that it's, uh, become a little bit more popularized by being on the Joe Rogan podcast and, um, things like that. So, I mean, what was it like two years ago? It was basically what, how much research, I mean, resources were they on the internet? Uh, what was the community like? Yeah, there was far less resources back then. Like that's originally when uh, I heard Sean Baker come on the Joe Rogan podcast and talk about it for like the first time. And I thought it was a little crazy because at that time I was still eating like a lot of salads like every day trying to get a, a ton of like uh, olive oil fats and everything into my diet because I was on like a standard keto diet. And so there really wasn't a lot of research other than you could find a lot of sources about the truth of plant toxins. There really wasn't a lot of doctors out there who were adapting it and using it. Uh, I believe Paul Saladino, I didn't even know about him yet. I don't know how how much popularity he had gained by this time. Yeah, but, he's very popular right now. Oh, yeah, he's, he's blowing up. And, yeah. so, and there's a lot of other people who are living the lifestyle. And the more people that I found successfully living throughout doing carnivore the more and more i just like jumped in originally i was taking like i was i cut out eating plants but i was still taking a lot of supplements so i still wasn't getting all the benefits i was still having some stomach distress and then the more and more you hear about how the plant toxins are still there as I just had to push all of that aside and jump all in. And now I do like a complete nose to tail carnivore. I eat like a lot of organ meats. Yeah. Yeah. So one thing that struck me was your Instagram and that uh, you, it, it, you, you make carnivore diet look very uh, appetizing. Like the photos that you were posting are really awesome. So do you have some sort of uh, background as like uh, as like a chef or in cooking? Um, Not at all, really. Yeah. To be honest, I, didn't, I never cooked a day in my life until I adopted keto and then I started having to cook. 
And so I just like learned more and more. I, I watch the Food Network a lot. So I'll take things that I see on there that look like really good dishes or good ideas and cooking methods. And then I just try and flip them to how they fit my lifestyle. So like I said, I always tell people there's nothing wrong with eating just steak and eggs like every day, but it's not like the most appealing to people who aren't in the lifestyle. Yeah. I try and make my dishes look like there's carbs or look like they're really appetizing because they are, yeah. but there's no carbs or very little carbs because I still use seasonings here and there. Yeah. Yeah. So, yeah. So that sounds like it's for you. It's kind of like a creative venture, so to speak. And also it's something to maybe uh, draw attention in to, to maybe the carnivore uh, diet, right? From people who are, I call it like the carnivore bubble. Um, I'm saying that be, me and you and all these people who are in the carnivore diet, we're, we're in a bit of a bubble because we're inside this lifestyle. And um, it's kind of like, yeah, it's kind of like, yeah, we just eat steak. We just drink water. Uh, everything's great. But yeah, to people outside of that bubble, it, it's uh, pretty strange. Yeah, absolutely. And that that's why I try and be so creative, like, especially with my most recent thing, like the carnivore bread. People love the, there's like carnivore bread. and Yeah, tell me more about the carnivore bread. Yeah, so there's been carnivore bread before. Like uh, a lot of people know about cloud bread, which is basically just egg whites. And then there's uh, like cheese bread. But okay. A lot of people in the carnivore space don't do well with dairy. Yeah. And I during my cut seasons, I try and eat cheese as little as possible. So I really needed to create a bread that was not dairy at all. Yeah. And that's where I came up with it. And it took a lot of playing around, a lot of just mixing and trying things out week after week till I finally got it down. So it's one second, my son. Yeah, that's fine. <laughs> So yeah, we were talking about the carnivore bread, right? And how you uh, you were working on that for a while, and um, you you were experimenting with it for a while, and you finally have sort of got to something that works for you, right? Yeah, absolutely. So I knew that I wanted it to be basically just eggs and pork rinds. Okay. So it took a bit of playing around to try and get the right ratio of eggs to pork rinds. Sometimes it would come out too dry. Sometimes it would come out way too moist. Like I used too many eggs, but now I've got it down to where like a loaf of carnivore bread is like three and a half cups of crushed pork rinds. Okay. And then five eggs. Yeah. Interesting. And Go on. And so there's no like leaveners, no baking soda or baking powder to help make it rise. So it's it's a hundred percent carnivore besides the salt. And a lot of people like adding uh like that everything bagel seasoning and stuff like that, but I don't do well with seeds, so I I leave that alone. Okay. And then um what sort of things do you use the bread? What sort of uh what sort of dishes do you do you use the bread with? Oh man. It, since I created it, I've been doing everything. <laughs> yeah. I've I've made French toast, hamburger buns. Uh my favorite right now is like these little hoagie rolls. They're just real small. Yeah. But uh, I'll use those. I'll either cut them in half and do like I did a pork pulled pork sandwich that i posted with it yeah uh, your instagram is really awesome hey (laughs) i appreciate it my son's been obsessed with uh egg salad lately yeah so i've been like a lot of egg salad sandwiches with it so it's just really versatile i've turned it into croutons yeah i just saw somebody today turn it into a taco show wow yeah because bread is like such a sort of like a like a staple sort of food for 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 so many things. So like the fact that you've kind of made, been able to make like a carnivore bread, 
is like uh, super, it, it's kind of like a, a great uh, marketing tool for the carnivore diet, I think, because you kind of like yeah. draw people in um, with this photo. Uh, and then, you know, it's like, wow, this is actually all made from, it's a carnivore, it's all animal products. Yeah, it's, it's really so fantastic. And like from the first time I posted it, it's just blown up. People are always making it and sending me like things that they're doing with it. And I, I love it. Uh, there's bagels, like I said, hamburger buns, loaves and mini loaves. People have made biscuits. Interesting. It's, it's super versatile. And I'm really happy to see like how much people are loving it it's probably like the most like used recipe that I've created that I've seen people utilize. Yeah. Because it's interesting because one of the things that I talk, I, I, that comes up with a lot of people is I talk about how, um, how, how simple the carnivore diet is and how like, uh, um, how I save so much time because I don't have to, I, I'm like, I'm not that big on cooking. I never was. Um, and for me, it's like, I, I'm one of those people that just likes the sort of like just my steaks and I just make my steaks and like, that's, I, I'm, I'm content. I'm satisfied with that. But like, uh, it's interesting to see that you're kind of showing us that, Hey, if you're a person that, uh, like likes variety and likes trying different things and likes to experiment, um, there's no reason why we can't have that in the carnivore diet. Right. Yeah, exactly. And that part of the reason why I do it is just for that fact is like, I want people to know that carnivore doesn't have to be so boring. Like yeah. people look down upon it or how, how can you eat like that every day? Isn't it boring? Don't you get tired of this? And yeah. so I, I try and show people that it just takes some creativity and you can stay the exact same track with, no to low carbs, no plants at all, and still enjoy all these dishes that maybe like you missed from back when you ate a normal dish. That's this is the whole reason why like the truffles blew up. The people loved waffles. Yeah. So, and since I don't do cheese, I don't do the truffles at all, and I wanted to create this bread that really can be utilized so much in like every variety it toasts amazing it acts just like bread yeah especially if you use a lot of like uh, i've been playing around with a new recipe of it where i utilize a lot more egg whites and it really turns it from like a denser bread to more of almost like a white bread okay and that one is great I just, yeah. I don't have it completely down yet, so I haven't posted it. <laughs> yeah, yeah. It sounds like, uh, it definitely sounds like an experiment. And um, I'm definitely intrigued to maybe um, dig in a, and try it because, uh, yeah, like I said, I'm one of those people who's happy with just the steaks. But like you were saying, we, we there there is other options if you feel like uh, uh, getting getting your hands dirty in the kitchen, like there's, like you've kind of uh that's something I, I haven't seen it before man that's why i think it was awesome and that's why um i invited you on because uh i like uh i like different perspectives you know and um I've, i'm finding like uh a i'm talking to a lot of people who have uh i think it might be because a lot of the uh, people are coming from a place of uh better health so they're sort of like uh free carnival diet has freed them from a lot of their um health problems so they're kind of like oh like i don't i don't care so much about like the presentation of my food and this stuff it's, it's kind of like as long as i'm feeling uh feeling better but yeah i really like what you're doing because you're kind of like telling us we can feel better and we can still sort of have a lot of those like uh uh it's kind of like memories isn't it with a lot of food you were kind of saying yeah. like yeah and we can still kind of um maybe relive some of those memories yeah that, that's exactly what it is like uh i just made a i don't know if you saw the corn dog recipe 
Yeah, I think I saw the photo. Yeah. But yeah, corn dogs were something that I loved when I was a kid. And even like before I adopted keto, I was still probably eating a corn dog every month or so. Or if you go out to like a fair, there's always the fucking corn dog. So I I wanted to have some fun. Like I especially because my son, he's four and a half and he lives the same lifestyle. He'll eat plants here and there, but I don't really keep them in the house. Yeah. So he he eats a carnivore diet probably 95% of the time. So I also want fun things for him. Yeah. Like making chicken nuggets and chicken tenders and just fun burgers. And like I said, the corn dogs, he loves the corn dogs. Yeah. Yeah. That, that's awesome. I think that definitely makes a, a big difference for kids because um, I, I've talked to some people with kids and they say they kind of like struggle sometimes with like, uh, com- like getting kids on board. Um, but I think, I, I don't know. Yeah. What are your thoughts um, with your experience with, with the four, with the four year old? Yeah. Like I feel it's probably really hard for parents who, either like their kids older and then they try and switch them over. Yeah. I've been, I've been doing the keto space for like three and a half years. So most of his life. Yeah. I I don't even know if he remembers back when he drank juice and everything like that for most of what he remembers. It's always just been meat and water. uh, We use like a, an Ultima electrolyte. So, like, when he does want, like, a fruity drink, he'll drink that. Okay. There's, like, there's, they even make, a, like, Zevia as, like, a kid's version where it's, like, fruit punch and stuff like that. So, he'll have those. Yeah. He really doesn't know anything different. And he, he, I've trained him to where, like, he knows what things have sugar in them. And what yeah. things, like, you don't eat. So, even when people, like he's with family members or something they offer him something he's like no that's got sugar in it wow that's so interesting and what what do you think like uh something i've seen is like uh looking at like younger kids and like the way they behave around sugar um i've noticed like uh they can they can sort of like manipulate their parents um to to get like sugary snacks and things, it definitely like uh, uh, impacts their their psyche. And like, I don't know if you've noticed something because you've kind of got. It sounds like you've kind of got like a controlled experiment child right now that is like not addicted to sugar, which is kind of like rare. And like, what observations have you made? From, any other observations you have from like uh, comparison with other kids? Yeah, his behavior is one thing that's it's perfect like he barely ever like he doesn't have any anger issues which uh, is probably due to most kids going up and down with their blood sugars with crashes my son he wakes up early in the morning with me around like six or seven in the morning and then goes all the way till 10 there's no naps wow And, and basically just a constant level of energy not like a ridiculous amount of energy and never like a, a dip he's just like constant he can always just go so i really feel like that's the biggest thing is there's no uh blood sugar issues yeah so there's no mood altering from that and we know from like doing carnivore that we think more level-headedly and we think more clearly yeah so, uh, I homeschool him, and like I said, he's four and a half, but he does first grade work. Wow. So, like, he does math and science every day, and he loves it. Yeah. That's really so, cool. It's And it's probably a lot more difficult to get a, a standard diet four-year-old to sit down and do two hours of schoolwork first thing in the morning when it's – all they want to do is, like, maybe – get that bowl of cereal or something like that. Yeah, definitely. Um, And it's like interesting to sort of look back when I sort of look back on my childhood, like how much like 
sugar is a part of like yeah the first meal of the day it's in the cereal it's in the orange juice it's just like hidden everywhere like hidden in plain sight and then a thing that i uh remember is a lot of the time it was used as like a kind of like a reward system as well sometimes the teacher would um would sort of tell you uh you'll get chocolate or some sort of sugary uh uh treat if you you know uh do whatever you have to do and like uh it's just um yeah it kind of is what it is and like i think uh but at the same time i think it definitely has an impact uh like you know we've noticed especially on adults so there's no reason why i wouldn't have uh impact on kids kids seem to be a lot more like um just healthier in general but it's still definitely um like you were saying has a has an effect mentally there i agree with you um and it would be interesting to see so at the moment he seems kind of like okay and he's not like tempted by sugar or anything he's not interested really not at all yeah no like uh a lot of people around him like his grandparents and his mother that they're all on like a normal diet they Mm. all drink all the time and they eat candy and normal food and he he doesn't want anything to do with it he just he just wants meat and water yeah wow that's really cool hey because it's kind of like a, a social thing that I've never thought of from like a kid's perspective because I've been talking about like the carnival diet to other people and I've, I've sort of been talking about how like when you start you might have like these social stigmas where maybe like I'm talking as an adult um, and how you might um, uh, run into you know being at a family gathering or just around other people and if you're the only one eating meat you know that that can turn into like a focal point, so to speak, and uh, attract attention and create some sort of discussion, maybe a debate. It depends on how you handle it. Um, so like the, it, it's, it's interesting that the, you know, it, it kind of can happen to kids as well, kind of, but it usually happens into this, in this way where like the, the adult is like enticing, is treating this sugary thing like it's, um, uh enticing thing but like you but what you sounds like if if this is the amazing thing about this diet if 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 you're satisfied by your meal um then like i always say i'm never interested in dessert because uh uh i actually am satiated and satisfied from my main meal like the idea that you most people look forward to dessert is kind of saying like well whatever you had before dessert didn't um didn't really uh satisfy you so maybe there's something to do with that with the child if they if they have if they have a good sense of nutrition they can maybe just not be interested by you know the enticing adult with the sugary treat yeah exactly like it sometimes he does want like a snack but his idea of a snack is like pork rinds yeah wow so so if like he wants like some hot dogs and he wants pork rinds after his meal like it's fine because it's not that it's not like 50 grams of sugar that most kids will pack on after they eat an already carb filled meal yeah yeah that's uh that's that's super interesting about like the the ch- the child aspect of this diet because i've never um i've never thought about it too much I've watched uh, Sean Baker talk about it and he sort of says like he, he provides his children with meat uh, and then he kind of says, look, and some other people in the carnival like community that I've heard talk about uh, how they approach their children with it. And they kind of tell them, look, if you want, you can have vegetables, you can have this or that, but like it's optional. Um, I think most, most reasonable adults do limit the um just access to to sugar i think uh what maybe um a people struggle with is like if if uh if uh if it's not there it's not a problem um whereas i think with kids where they're just surrounded by the sugar in their whole house they they think it's normal probably yeah it it's super funny because uh 
it, his mother, she lives here in the house. We still live together, even though we're separated. And so we keep a ton of sugary things in the fridge and on top of the fridge for her. And he, he doesn't want anything to do with it. He even like, he just learned that people have sugar crashes. He's known that sugar wasn't something that he's supposed to have, but he just learned that, that people can get really high energy and then crash. Yeah. So now, now he tells her like not to have too much because she was going to crash. Wow. Yeah. And whenever we're out shopping, uh, he sees kids like eating a cookie because a lot of supermarkets will give away free cookies to kids or they're eating in a fruit. Yeah. Oh, there's sugar in that. He tells everybody that there's sugar. It's really funny, actually. It, it once the discussion gets formed like maybe like he says that and then their parents like turn to me because he'll say that he doesn't have sugar yeah then it it creates a funny little debate between me and a random parent who lets their kids have all these things and how we just live like such a restrictive life from all mm. the sugar and herbs and uh like you said, like at family gatherings and stuff, you can really get into like uh, a very clashing discussion with people who don't know anything about how dangerous that it can be on like your full life, having all these carbs, constantly filling yourself with carbs. Instead of running on carbs, we just run on fat and they don't know how beneficial that actually is. They think you need plants. They think you need all this fiber. And no, like we live our lives fine. He's stronger than most kids his age. He's, he can run alongside any kid that's going to school mentally. And so it's perfect that people are very surprised because they'll always start off by saying like how well behaved he is. Yeah. And then I kind of chuckle and it's because he doesn't have any sugar. So. Wow. That's, uh, that's, yeah, it's an incredible, it's incredible. And yeah, thank you so much for sharing that. Like, because it's something that I, um, I guess I've touched on before, but I've never really, uh, really explored it and i think the the whole childhood aspect of like sugar and carbs is really interesting because it it it, it reminds us of how like i suppose ingrained in our society uh a lot of these uh myths about sugar and carbs are and it's sort of like that's sort of like the beginning point when we accept these norms of uh what we think is food and uh, I think then that's been a cycle that's just been uh, passed down from one generation to another. Um, and that's where we are today. But some point way back when, like way back when down the track, I mean, this, this diet actually isn't that radical because the earliest forms of human beings, I mean, hunter and gatherer type societies, I mean, this is, uh, this is what people ate and this is what... Uh, the kids would have eaten as well. Um, it's only now, I don't know, in the past, I don't know how, 100 years, I don't know the exact history that like our definition of um, food has changed. And, um, you know, it's kind of like, uh, yeah, it's uh, some people find it strange, don't they? And uh, it's really cool to hear that you are uh, making it work with your son and that he he's enjoying it. Hey. Yeah, it's, it's really fun. Like I said, uh, I I don't feel like any downside of it. People sometimes will try and make me feel like I'm doing something wrong or I'm not letting him live a normal kid's life. But it's foolish to think that I'm like I'm damaging his childhood by not letting him have candy. Yeah. It 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 doesn't make any sense like there's no reason that a child needs candy. It, all it does is create detriments. 
Yeah, I agree with you 100%. And uh, it, it comes down to the whole um, s social aspect of, um, well, of this diet. Um, and it's kind of like, it, it's kind of really got me thinking about it because I was thinking, wow, it's, uh, it's actually a whole lot easier to deal with uh, um, the social repercussions um, of like when you choose for yourself to take on this diet because you're gonna it's probably a lot easier to deflect um criticism for other people when you can just say look um at the end of the day um you can always diffuse the situation by saying look i was really sick and this this stuff i'm eating it and i feel better but um the thing that you just pointed out to me is like uh it can it can turn if you know when your kids involved other people i mean at the same time it's kind of like um you know, you, you can end up being getting in a discussion with someone where they can kind of say, oh, you know, do, do, do you think this is like uh, in 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 their in your child's best interest? And then it, it might be a bit harder to maybe explain and diffuse when you're kind of uh, explaining on the behalf of your child. Right. Yeah, you definitely uh, whenever you start talking about the kids. You can talk about yourself, how the diet has cured you of the autoimmune conditions or stomach distress or the depression or anxiety that you've dealt with. But when you're talking about a kid who's never felt any of that, you really have to tell the people about the science and why the kid hasn't experienced any of that because of the diet. Yeah. So it's more of like a preventative measure instead of a treatment, like most adults who find the carnivore diet go to. Yeah, yeah, definitely. And um, like you were saying, then there's all these other benefits like he has where he's more focused, more mentally clear, makes it more easier for you to communicate. He's got more energy. And these are all just things that people report uh that they find as adults as uh, a benefit of the diet. So it's kind of like, uh, well, w why would we deprive, you know, kids of uh, experiencing those same benefits as well? Yeah, exactly. Why, why would you want your kid to have like mood swings and outbursts of rage and all this other stuff that we know personally from being addicted to carbs? And so the same reason why people think it's so hard to be a parent. Yeah, it's hard to be a parent. But when you don't have to deal with a kid throwing tantrums or having all these mood swings or constantly like reaching for candy or a soda or some juice because he's just, his blood sugar is just always up and down, it's, it makes everything a lot more simple. Wow, that's that's really interesting. And so... Do you, would you have any advice? I mean, it sounds like you sort of started uh, a, a bit earlier, but like, would you have any advice for any parents who are maybe considering trying to like change the approach with uh, diet with their kids? Yeah, definitely. Like, depending on the age is going to make it more and difficult. Like, the longer the kids known how good candy tastes, the more their brain is going to be triggered by it. So it's really easier to ease into it. Maybe not eliminate vegetables, but cut back on the fruit. Uh, swap like their fruit juices for, like I said, like either the the flavored waters or zevias or an electro like a flavored electrolyte that doesn't have any sugar in it. So start doing just small changes. If they're crazy about snacks, there's plenty of like super low carb snacks that are still all right. Like there's tons of cookie brands out there. You can even get them on like a protein cookie or you can, if they like milk a lot, you can swap them over to like uh, Quest has a, has great tasting like protein shakes that you can swap them over to. There's really just making subtle changes if they're like older. If they're young, just clean out your pantry and this is how it is now. 
Yeah, and they'll just sort of eat whatever's available as they're hungry, and um, it'll they'll just become used to it. It'll become the new normal, I suppose. But, yeah, that's really interesting. Thanks for those. Um, thanks for those tips. Um, it's hard for me to. I, I can relate just because I've kind of observed that I don't have children of my own, I, and I've sort of as I've adapted to this diet, I've so, it's something that I've sort of picked up on. Um, just when I'm around children, um, and I notice how um, the what they're eating affects their behavior, and you you know you can see when someone is going through a sugar crash and stuff. So it's, it's really interesting, and I think uh, yeah, it's really um, it's yeah, it's I have like because sugar is just so ingrained in like uh, in all our lives, and uh, children especially, they don't really have much of a say. Um, in avoiding it because they don't really know. So I think it's going to be interesting. Like, are these new kids that aren't uh, going to be addicted to sugar? I mean, maybe they're going to grow up to have, be like uh, super, super human in some ways. Yeah. It, it, it's all a matter of seeing how everything plays out. I know that it can't be any worse than the kids that are addicted to sugar. Yeah. Having that mental addiction isn't healthy, yeah. and it just leads to problems down the road. So, not having any addiction to sugar and everything like that, yeah, great. It just makes me think of the possible like things that you're avoiding, especially in terms of like a lot of the mental things that kids get treated for, for like uh, like ADD, attention sort of stuff at school. Um, I think so much of it is probably related to diet um and yeah it's it's just a shame when you think about a lot of these kids they end up being put on medication and stuff for something that in a lot of and even just getting told that there's something wrong with you that has like giant uh psychological side effects that you can carry on with you for like into your adulthood oh for sure well I know, I know plenty of people, I'm sure you know plenty of people that are adults that were on all kinds of drugs for ADHD, ADD, all these, all these mood behavior disorders that are more than likely based upon their diet. Yeah. And what I find is like, it kind of like ends up creating limiting beliefs for a lot of these people. Cause they end up carrying this like uh, belief into their adult life that they're like, oh, I have learning difficulties. I can't do this. I can't do that. Yeah. It, it almost gives them a scapegoat to where they don't try any harder. They even have, there's plenty of adults that are still being prescribed ADHD medications and ADD and, they suffer from brain fog and all these other, oh, I can't focus. But it's because you're drinking a sugar-filled coffee first thing in the morning from Starbucks, and then you're washing it down with uh, probably 50 to 100 grams of carbs. And, and then that's just have, breakfast. Yeah, and then they can't even – a lot of times they can't even wait a couple hours before they start snacking again. So it's just constantly just up and down. So they're dealing with all these emotions and their hormones are going crazy because their blood sugar levels are going nuts. Yeah. That's a, like the diabetes that is running amok through everywhere. Yeah. Yeah. De de definitely. And like something I get a sense from you is you seem like you're very calm and relaxed. And um, I don't know if you do any meditation or anything, but how much do you think that has to do with your diet? Like some people call it the carnivore Zen. Oh, absolutely. I've, I've talked about this on another podcast. I, I can remember just like getting into stressful situations pre diet and how like angry or sad, just like really extreme emotions you might feel as opposed to being on this diet. Now you just, you can handle even like a, a, a verbal exchange that maybe 
isn't the greatest. Maybe Unpleasant. you're conflicting back, and, yeah. Yeah, you're conflicting back and forth a lot, having an argument or a heated discussion. Whereas you, if you've been on the standard diet and then you take this up, you can almost like look back at how you used to react in those situations and almost amaze yourself because like, like you said, it's Zen like almost you can, you're just level headed, you know, you don't need to bust, like start yelling. You don't need to get real heated. You can just keep your calm. Even if the other person isn't. Yeah. Yeah. I, I agree with you a hundred percent about that. And that is like uh, something that's hugely underrated, I think. And it's uh, something that a lot of people report uh, experiencing. Uh, it's got either called, uh, they call it carnival. I last, I heard from someone that calling it the carnival Zen. I really like that. Some people just call it the, the mental clarity aspect and like uh, that it, it's just, um, it's really important because it goes back to what you were saying about how diet, like how, how we're almost like uh victim to like the, the food that we're having, like you were sort of saying the coffee, then the carbs and the sugary snacks. And you're kind of like, uh, uh, you, you're, you're, you're just getting taken a ride by your, by the, by the sugars and carbs. It's kind of like a roller coaster. You're going up and down. You're, you're not really in control. And I think then that uh, can even get more reinforced these days. People maybe, like you were saying, they're, they're a lot more uh, reactive to things. And then now, especially with the way we live with these phones and all that sort of stuff, you know, you get certain notification. It might not be a conversation you're having. It can just be like a notification or a piece of news. Because um, these things also release dopamine in our mind, just like sugar does. And um, we can just become uh, kind of not in control of uh, our lives, basically. And a big part of that has to do with diet, which is a pretty incredible thought. Yes, but like there's so many benefits of the diet for your entire body, but mainly your brain, just like the way you can think not needing to shovel more sugar in every couple of hours to keep your keep functioning or to try and stave off any like mood swings it's it's just really crazy that people see nothing wrong with just shoveling in sugar every few hours yeah and they think having these mood swings are fine oh it's just this or oh it's just that oh i'm hungry you shouldn't <laughs> you shouldn't freak out just because you're hungry and if you ate just like an hour or so ago, you definitely shouldn't be hungry. Yeah. Yeah, I, I agree with you 100%. And it's part of the things of uh, all these things that we consider normal that uh, maybe aren't so normal. Um, and we've touched on a lot today, but like uh, another one that I always bring up is an example of uh, how... Um, when I go to the grocery store, I notice that I'm just sort of in and I'm out. I get what I need, like maybe just steaks or eggs or something like that. And I kind of walk past all the other stuff in the grocery store. And I remember how much uh, I used to just sort of get lost. Like, oh, what am I going to make for dinner and all this stuff, wandering around through this. And now I kind of, I don't look at it as food anymore. And like, is there anything else that you can think of how taking on this lifestyle has sort of changed your perspective? Oh yeah. It's, it's just so freeing. Like you said, you don't have to take such an elaborate approach to cooking. Like I do. I do that strictly for the fun of my son and to show people what can be done, but there's absolutely nothing wrong with just cooking up a steak and a side of eggs like having bacon on a burger there's there's nothing wrong with keeping things super simple and that's how i used to do it and that's such an amazing thing to just like you said just be able to pop into a store and know exactly what you're there to buy no doubt i'm grabbing some meat i'm grabbing some eggs 
and if you eat cheese, Gravin's cheese, and then you're out. It, people think that, oh, it must be so expensive. Not really, because you can, there's, if you eat every, if you eat three meals a day, even on carnivore, there's ways to do it where you're saving the same amount of money as you would on a standard diet. And for me, I do OMAD, so I only eat once a day. So I'm able to buy these game meats and higher cut steaks and still spending way less money than times in my life where I hit McDonald's three times a day. Yeah. And I think it also has uh, to do with the fact that uh, we're not snacking. I think snacking is a thing that like, uh, it's like a hidden cost that people don't notice so much because uh, they don't really count that in to to the budget and like vending machines. Yeah, exactly. Um, Yeah, they eat like a $3 bag of chips every day, maybe twice a day with they'll go to McDonald's and spend 10 bucks on just like a small meal where you could spend that same 10 bucks and get a pound of steak or two pounds of ground beef, which is going to last you way longer. Exactly. I agree with you. And it's like, it's, it's, it's definitely another one of those myths that people think like, Oh, you just eat steaks. You must like, I can't afford that. Like, but yeah, like you were saying, it's actually so, um, it's actually cheaper in a lot of ways probably. And I think I've also saved a lot of money since the last year, since I started it um, because I I ate out less. Yeah, exactly. And it, you, when you adopt such a restrictive diet and you find out that even something that may be carnivore at a restaurant has all these hidden things in it, like if you ever go to a grocery store and maybe you're feeling lazy, so you want to pick up like a roasted chicken that's already cooked, but then you read the ingredients, there's like dextrose and maltodextrin and all these fake sugars and hidden sugars in it for no reason. So you're not going to buy it. You'll just settle for maybe cooking the chicken yourself at home, which is going to be the same price if not less and far more rewarding. Yeah, I agree. So uh, we, we're sort of like uh, paying attention to a lot, a lot more of like what we're putting into our body. Um, whereas before you're kind of just like going with whatever's on, on offer, so to speak. And um, paying, you're paying attention to that, that, that relates to the idea of, um, I, I believe since coming on carnivore, I, I listen to my body a lot more. So I have this like confidence because I come from a background of IBS. So my background mm-hmm. is sort of being anxious about like what foods would trigger that. And like, I was never really sure because I could never really figure it out. Um, I, I, I kind of did have an idea of like, like don't go overboard on carbs and sugar, but like, cause it's just like, hidden in so many foods um in a standard more standard diet that i was following um you just you just never i just never knew whereas now while i'm on carnivore i just have this confidence because like i can listen to my body and i know how it responds to different things yeah exactly eating intuitively is such a valuable asset to gather instead of being controlled by what your brain is telling yourself you need because you're addicted to the sugar and just listening to am i actually hungry okay then let's eat or if not we'll wait there's no reason to just like oh i'm bored Uh, let me eat this candy bar you're not going to be like i'm bored let me eat a steak exactly (laughs) and like that is um that's that that's part of that cycle of like uh, developing i i suppose healthy habits which is um super important um yeah i want to thank you so much for coming on and like uh speaking to me 
But before we wrap it up, is there anything at all that maybe you wanted to touch on um, about the carnivore diet? Yeah, no, I just adopting the carnivore diet is so valuable for your personal self. Even if you don't suffer from digestive distress like you and I both had, yeah. or you're not suffering from uh, maybe crippling arthritis, which is another thing I dealt with. Or, or me mental things. health, a lot of people report. Yeah, it, even if you think that you're a perfect person, you don't need anything. There's so much freedom in not requiring a constant like sugar drip. There's no reason that you need to be a, uh, a victim of food. You shouldn't, food should be something you utilize as a tool and that's something you crave and need constantly. So just how freeing it is in your life to really take control of your body by using this diet and yeah. healing yourself. I agree with you 100%. And the thing that I call it is uh, I have sovereignty over my health. Um, and I, I would come from that perspective from saying, because I used to have to take medication for my IBS. And so I, like that was something that was priceless for me being free of having to take that medication and having, um, being, having a connection with my body. Um, but when you talk about, not being a victim of food. I think that's someone, that's something that everyone, uh, if you really understand that, it's like, boy, I feel like it doesn't matter where you're coming from. If you're on the standard American standard Australian diet, um, I think you could all relate on that. And there's something so powerful about, um, taking control of that. Yeah, exactly. It's your body. It's your life. It shouldn't be dictated by something you purchase at the store. Exactly. You should be able to purchase things at the store to help you, not not control you. Yeah. Okay. Uh, I was just, it sounds like you've got your friend here, and we'll we'll wrap it up <laughs> real quick. If anything else that you would want to share in terms of how people could connect connect to you, hello, friend. We were talking about you. <laughs> Uh, how people can connect to you on Instagram or any any way they could contact you, um, feel free to share that and you get the last word. Thank you very much for coming on. I really appreciate it. Yeah, no problem, man. This was an awesome talk. Yeah, you can find me on Instagram. It's uh, goatfitnutrition. So G-O-A-T-F-I-T with an underscore before nutrition. And uh, on there, I post all my recipes. Uh, you can email me. The, I've got every way to contact me in there. And I, I try and value myself on uh, how responsive I am. <laughs> so yeah, yeah, if anybody is interested in learning more about carnivore or finding new recipes, I'm always there. <laughs>